Welcome to the Questionably Qualified Podcast. I'm John Truxus, and I will never, never stop betting on Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. Joining me as always is my co-host Mike Yax. Yax, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Man, can't believe that's been two weeks now since that game. That's wild. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while, and it was a strange game. I think we've talked about it a little bit, so we'll get into that in a moment. But I think the most important thing to start the podcast with is, do you feel like it really was the Lions here to win the Super Bowl? Well, since they didn't win, the answer there is no. <laughs> I mean, uh, did I watch the first half, which I considered to be... I was like, are we heading down this 10-3 to 3 or... Bullshit, Pat Rams. Super Bowl, Pat, yep, McVay, Goff, bullshit again. I was like, man, if the, Lions, the Lions would at least be kind of spicy in this first half, but the second half was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they definitely rebounded, both teams did in the second yeah, half there, and sure. made it a lot more interesting. Made it a lot, a lot of fun. I was surprised, and as someone who had picked the Chiefs, I was a little nervous in the first half, because I, I expected the Chiefs to win in a more high-scoring game. I kind of thought that the Niners' defense would struggle against the Chiefs more than they did, and I guess at the end they did. We'll get into a little bit the the drive summary towards the end of the game, but I was definitely surprised that in the first half the Chiefs only got three, even with the fumble by uh, Pacheco there near the goal line. Man, a lot of goal line fumbles. Yeah, he and McCaffrey both, right? Yeah, and then just like leading up to that, there's there was a few different ones in different games. Just yeah, that's true. Wild that's a very times. good point. Yeah, a lot of fumbles in general in this particular game, I think. <laughs> What did the San Francisco had five fumbles? So San Francisco fumbled twice and lost oh, both of them. And then Kansas City fumbled five. The Chiefs had five fumbles nine. and lost one. That I mean, how do you that fumble luck is outrageous? Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, and especially, so they, they, they did a little bit of a dive into the fumble luck because they did point out, like, you know, not all fumbles are created equal. Mm-hmm. So the, the Niners one is, like, even more unlucky because it's on, everybody's calling it a muffed punt. This, I don't even count that as a muffed punt. That's just extremely bad luck that that ball lands on a guy's heel as he's trying to yeah. block somebody and bounces off. I mean, Whoops. yeah, you couldn't have drawn that one up and, and hope for that to happen because generally like a muffed punt, the guy falls right on it and the receiving team usually recovers it. But that one was like, you know, total rando at that point who knows what's going to happen to it once it bounces off that guy's foot yeah just crazy and then mahomes had two fumbles i think both of those were sort of the easier to to recover variety as opposed to like the strip sacks where it's going to be a harder one to get back on top of yeah you have a little bit of fumble luck going against the niners you have i would say some bad luck in terms of a missed extra point i haven't you know i don't know enough about kicking to know if that was moody's fault which we did point him out as a possible liability but there are a lot of things that go into a blocked extra point at the same time i don't i don't know how not inevitable the whole thing was i don't know how evitable the whole thing was and i <laughs> joked i joked with our mutual friend maddock that you know what if, if shanahan had gone forward on one of the fourths and converted are we sure that mahomes wouldn't have scored 10 points on the next drive <laughs> like it just felt like it didn't matter what was happening in the second half there after that not muffed punt, it just felt like the Chiefs were going to win, that they were going to score points, however many points they needed every time they got the ball again. From a drive standpoint, you have the the Chiefs open the second half of the interception, which is probably the most nervous I felt during the game <laughs> entirely. I was like, wow, really? Like, we're just, If we're starting the second half of the interception, I thought the Chiefs were going to come back out and really start you know, putting up points the way I thought they would from the jump. But then you get punt, punt, punt. You get a field goal from the Chiefs, and then a punt from the Niners, and then you have the punt from the Chiefs. And, of course, they score a touchdown in the very next play and take the lead. And that was one of those moments where it's like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, the Chiefs are in the lead at this point? 
based on how the two teams have played to, to now. And then and then we started the back and forth game. And I I don't know what it is, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the momentum that I have a hard time believing in, but it felt like that muffed punt turned into a touchdown on the very next play. All of a sudden it was like, oh, this thing is it's happening now. Like this is this is going to be the San Francisco defense can no longer hold the Chiefs down the way they might need to. Yeah, and that's kind of just what happened. I think the one uh, the, the the big thing that I want to get into also I think is there's been some talk that Shanahan blew the game. Have you heard some of these things that people are talking about now? The only angle I've heard is that he should have kicked in overtime, which I agree with. But oh yes, you mean in, ter- in terms of taking the ball first yeah, or second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and let's 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 dive into that in more detail later because I I am really curious to hear what you think about that one because I've heard like both cases of it and now I'm a little torn on what I would do. But the one the biggest complaint that I've heard is that everybody's just going back to the same old shanahan talk which is that he abandoned the run and he threw the ball too much and they should have been doing this and there's a really good breakdown like a a detailed breakdown including replays on the ringer that goes into why that's not the case but on top of that just from a very basic box score standpoint christian mccaffrey in this game had 22 carries for For 80 yards and a long of 11 that's what i was thinking i was like they i don't think so i think they ran the ball plenty yeah and the Chiefs were not letting them break anything in the run oh. game. So you compare that long for McCaffrey of 11. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different players for the Niners had a longer reception than 11 yards. <laughs> so Including in a game a where you check. run, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in a game where you run the ball 31 times and pass it 24 times, yeah, so you have 24 completions. I think it's I think it's okay from that standpoint. I don't think the Shanahan abandoned the run too much. Yeah, it's not like the Ravens against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not what we're looking at. And I, I thought they ran the ball plenty. Yeah, perfect. That's a perfect counterexample. That one, I do feel like the Ravens yeah. abandoned the run too much. Yeah, and that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah, when when your team has 31 carries for 110 yards, that's just the defense saying, like, we're not going to lose the game to you that way. You're going to have to beat us some other, some other way. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's move on then to the overtime decision. Because that is the other piece that I think, first of all, I will admit, I I was not aware of the Super Bowl overtime rules. I think it's all playoffs now, right? I think that's correct. I think all the playoffs now are using this format. I knew they had changed it. I kind of hadn't remembered until, but they gave us a primer, like, when they go into it. And, like, I think part of the reason people were dunking on him, it was just narratively, where Mm -hmm. you heard that some of the Niners players didn't know the rule. Yep. And then I think like later it was like he he knew the rule that you yeah. know like he knew that he wanted the ball. But I I mean when you think about it, I I I would want to kick. That's how I would do it because it's like yeah, you want to know. I mean, and the counterpoint of that is like, well, Andy Reid wanted to kick. <laughs> so it's yes, like, I I don't know. I'm like I think he usually knows. And then but he had already and all the players on his team seemed to know the rule. Right. So right, yeah, like, so the Chiefs said that they had done, like, multiple yeah. discussions of, like, training on, hey, here's what's going to happen if we go to overtime. And that just, like, just narratively, when you look and hear all that things, you do want to dunk on him because, it's like, if your players don't really know mm-hmm. the rules of what's going on, like, how are they expected to, like, succeed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of, like, where I'm at. But also, yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of kicking because you want to know it's like the overtime rule in college. Like you always want to go second. Yeah. So, so I agree. And I think, I think I get, I I, kind of liked Shanahan's initial explanation, which is that he wanted to make sure that if it got to sudden death, he had the ball first. Right. So he was thinking 
third possession, at that point it becomes sudden death and all I need is a field goal, right? Which is sort of like yes. in true sudden death when you're like, of course I want the ball first because I can win it right away. Yeah. <laughs> the problem, of course, is like that's assuming like... that you're going to get the ball back for a third, <laughs> exactly. a third possession. If you're playing against like fucking Brad Johnson, I get it. Yeah. But it's Patrick Mahomes. Yes. So like, that's the part Patrick where I'm like, Mahomes. maybe. Oh, maybe he thinks this. I don't know. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's kind of, to me, it seems like you're planning for like all these different scenarios. You're not just like, just plan for the main scenario. <laughs> yeah. Like your right. galaxy branding it a little too much. And that's how it feels like. Yeah. You're going down every avenue and every avenue after that. You're not just like, well, I could just take the expressway and this right. is the most likely outcome and that's where because after i heard that bit that's where i heard andy reed's strategy and i was like oh my god well that's absolutely the right one which is kick and then if they score a touchdown when you score a touchdown you go for two. Oh, yeah that's absolutely right and just go for the kill and yeah, not let the 100%. yeah and i was like wait if 100%. that's an option then like that is by far the well, then you need to yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so this, this, yeah i agree a million percent I hadn't even heard him say that, but yep. that that is like kind of the coup de grotto, like whatever the fuck right. Shanahan's saying. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so when I learned that, because I, I, I guess I just hadn't even thought about the going for two bit, but I was like, wait, so you're telling me that you could end the game by going for two there? Because yeah, that's for sure the best choice in that case. Yeah. So do you want to jump now into the discussion of just how good Patrick Mahomes is? And I will try to not yeah. run on for too long because this is now two Super Bowls in a row that... We've had people over the house who don't watch football all year yeah. long like like we do. And I've been saying in the second half of both games, like, yeah, you know, they're losing, but you really you really want to have a bigger lead than this if you're going against Mahomes. He's too good to, to lose, to, to be in this situation against. Yeah, he's amazing. I don't really know. Yeah, I, what, what else is left for him to do? Yeah, I'm really not <laughs> like, sure. Nothing. There was, <laughs> like... Yeah, you, if he just retired today, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's amazing. So he had two MVPs, three Super Bowl wins, another Super Bowl. Yeah, like, and he's yeah. just he's just generational. Like he's mm-hmm. like I, I don't even I don't even know how to say it. Like he just is so clearly the best at that position that it's absurd. Yeah, when, it's when Joe, it's like Joe Montana. I yeah. would guess is kind of he's probably the only one. Truly, you can compare them to. I agree. I agree. And so you have the receiving stat lines here for the Chiefs. You have Travis Kelsey, of course. Cool. You know, he's still good. I know that there was a lot of talk this year about how he's old. And, and yes, he's not as good as he once was. He's still very, very good, obviously. Yeah. Miko Hardman, Justin Watson, Rashi Rice. Miko Hardman. Noah Gray, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, yes, McKinnon. Uh, J-Mick. Like, it's, it's insane to be able to do this, to go... 34 for 46 for 325 yards when that's that's what you're working with <laughs> and, man, <laughs> yeah, I, and then he I, ran for 66 yards to boot yeah he's yeah he's just i don't know i don't yeah when you throw a 50 yard pass to michael hardman and also the game-winning touchdown to him didn't they trade for him in the middle of the year this year i think they did i think they brought him back after they for, had yeah, from, him already. <laughs> from the from, from the, the jets, jets. yep <laughs> Oh my god, Yikes. it really is hilarious. And I would like to say, you know, just real quick, you and I both threw out the Miko Hardman touchdown bet in Did the we podcast. At the week before? Yep, at plus uh, 2,400. 24 to 1 odds on that one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a nice one. Yeah, I did not bet that one. I think I bet I bet a Debo touchdown, but I didn't hit it. Uh, that one should have come through. They really bottled him up a lot. I was surprised at how little Debo punished the Chiefs in this game. Yeah. 
But the Chiefs defense played great. I mean, they've, they've been really good all year, and they did it again in this one. And now Jones is about to get fucking paid. <laughs> yes, big time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they if they if keep they both keep him, him and right Sneed. Yeah, oh, they're both free agents. That uh, that ringer breakdown that I was telling you about has a great clip where they're showing one of the run plays that that the Chiefs defend well, yeah. and Legarius Sneed blows up Trent Williams. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the, the guy's drawing it up, and he's like, "Usually, this is." a play that you're feeling really good about when you're the 49ers. Like, you've got Trent Williams on a corner. <laughs> and he was like, unfortunately, the Chiefs' defensive backs are psychotic and love <laughs> playing the run. And and they show that, that play. And, and Snead just, like, goes right into his chest to start this right off the snap. Crazy. And just, like, I'm sure Williams is like, okay, I get a playoff. At least I just get to block this DB, you know. <laughs> and instead, the guy just fires into his chest and drops him six inches backwards and blows up the play. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Especially considering how good Trent Williams is. Right, right, yeah. That's somebody who's pretty hard to, to do anything against when you're a defensive lineman size. Like, until Panay Sewell came on the scene, he is mm-hmm. far and away the best tackle in the league. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's real quick go through the second half here, because this is, this is what I was, like, blown away by looking at the play-by-play. And this is part of, of where Mahomes is just so good at this. So, it was 10-3 to at half. Both teams have a fumble in the red zone, right? So those kind of wash each other out from a, a, the standpoint of which team is doing well. The Chiefs open with the interception. They punt on the next drive. They get a field goal on the next drive. The, the punt on the next drive and get that muffed one. So they get the touchdown right off the muff punt. The next drives, they have 12 plays, 69 yards, field goal. 11 plays, 64 yards, field goal. 13 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. And you and I talked about this a little bit before we actually started recording, but I was saying that the it's, it's wild how hard it is to get Mahomes stuck in a negative play. Like, you just can't get them into that bad of situations. And you said that you, you felt that way when the Lions played them back in week one, right? Yes, and there was no Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, Lions have a weird, bad pass rush situation, too. What's his name? Bop the ball directly to Brian Branch, too, to Kadarius Stoney. K-Tone. <laughs> Healthy scratch for the Our... Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to start, the, start those drives off, after the one-play touchdown drive they have to the muff punt, you get successful pass incomplete pass 13 yard pass (laughs) deep pass like it's just it's insane there's never something that's bad he gets sacked for three yards on third and goal to three that's that's the most negative play they have yeah he does not take negative he's and it just keeps happening it's like yeah no one's open okay he scrambles for five yards he scrambles for 10 yards he scrambles for something or he just turns the sack into a a one yard sack you know yeah and as a result, like they, it just never felt like to me. It never felt like the Niners' defense almost had him. Right? Oh. It wasn't. There wasn't a single play. I don't think in those last few drives where I was like, "Ooh, this one would really take a miracle here for the Chiefs to to pull this off." Like early in the game, he took. Did he take two sacks in a row mm-hmm. from Bosa? Yeah. And outside of that, it was like nothing. Yeah. And then they faced a fourth and one in overtime. Yeah. But they had a second and 13. Like, I guess that's the the next worst one they had. And that was when he completed a pass for negative three yards. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to to game plan against that. Yeah. You just, yeah. When you you can't really flip the script, like you have to just stop them. Right. (laughs) Without getting the big negative plays. Yeah. And it's rough. And I, I do think that it's another like sort of parallel to Brady. And I know that I've already heard on the podcast the talk about how the chiefs need to add receivers like they need to make a big splash i say i would agree with the first part of that not necessarily the second part and all i can think of is 
the Brady dynasty, the Brady yeah. Belichick dynasty, they never had those guys at receiver. Julian Edelman is a seventh round fucking right. quarterback that they drafted, right. and, and people always complained like they need these weapons, and it's like they well, kind of don't though. Well, that's <laughs> like, I mean, you know, that, I think that's what they're really going to go to. It's kind of the same. It's oddly similar. You have. Mm-hmm. Two guys like you know an all-world tight end, an all-world quarterback, mm-hmm. and then it's like you take all the you know the cap flexibility to maybe keep your defense together. Mm-hmm. If they can find a way to keep Jones and Snead, that's the priority. I mean, I agree. You have. I bet they could get somebody in the draft. That's fine. Or yeah, just if like, you get another Rashi Rice, you have those two like two guys like that. You're yeah. in good shape. I mean, I'm sure if me and you played GM for one minute looking at mm-hmm. expiring contract, we could find somebody that they should target. Yeah. Right? You yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? Like like what they did with Juju Smith-Schuster two years ago. That that was the guy they missed most of the year, but down the stretch, Rashi Rice kind of filled some of that role. He became more reliable and kind of another person to kind of take uh, all the attention off of Kelsey. And I mean, not all of it. Some. Yeah, but enough. And it's like, yes, Mecole Hardman steps up for a 50-yard crazy, bad love that play. And then the winning touchdown. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great great point. That that bomb that they hit to Hardman in the first half was... I feel like that was the one the one bit of the first half that you were like, yeah, yeah, the Chiefs are still there. Like that's that's scary, man. Like the, that it looked a lot to me like when they played the Niners in the Super Bowl four or five years ago, and they hit the play called Wasp to Tyreek and Patrick just this is like I'm just gonna go deeper than the pass rush can get to me, and I'm hucking it, and it's <laughs> like I'm dropping it on the guy that far down. That was a dime. He's yeah, he's one of a kind. Like it's one of those things where this is the sport we pay the most attention to, more or less. So you're just watching something you probably won't see again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And yeah, whenever people were asking me who I was rooting for, I would say I was rooting for the Chiefs. I wouldn't have been upset if the Niners had won, but part of the reason I'm rooting for the Chiefs is like it's kind of awesome to see somebody who's this freaking good. Yeah, and he he it's miraculously is not. I don't I don't know. I don't really hate him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he hasn't reached like, that he's point yet. Fine, right? like I personally, I don't mind him. Mm-hmm. So agreed. I find Kelsey more annoying than him by a lot, yeah. and I, I yeah. don't mind him either. Right, right, yeah. And did you <laughs> did you see that the mics picked up what he and uh, Taylor Swift said to each other on the field? <laughs> I I saw some memes or whatever about it. I think maybe I kind of let it. So apparently, the mics that were there picked up Taylor Swift saying to him, "Oh my god, that was amazing! How did you do that?" And Travis's response was just, "There's going to be a huge party." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Good man, Travis." That's. <laughs> <laughs> i saw one that he was like oh thanks so much for the support or something yeah that's not fun let's yeah. talk about the party <laughs> and then i heard like like some of the stuff with the party like afterwards what was going on there was like some videos that came out oh, there's like a dj and it's like him and taylor dancing and then it like pans over and his brother's like wearing a luchador mask <laughs> like, <laughs> getting wasted I love that. Jason Kelsey, man, he's really, man, I love that guy. Yeah, well, he's basically the unofficial mascot to your least favorite city. So how do you... I know, I know. How do you, how do you, square, the, it's tough. How do you square the circle there, John? I, I can't get that one down. It, may, it might be a psyop. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically directed at me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, the Travis Kelsey, there's going to be a huge party response. Really, the, it just made me think, going back through his tweets, that... that people dug up yeah he's mitch trubisky only good at football. I, yeah yeah man that's true 
Biscuit still has the number one spot, right? Like, no doubt. Yeah. But but Kelsey had some good ones in there. Squirrels. <laughs> Damn squirrels. Smashed all of it. <laughs> Loves them squirrels. <laughs> Great stuff. My dude. Okay, so the last bit that I wanted to talk about for the game is I thought Purdy played pretty damn well. Like, I don't know how much more you wanted out of Purdy in that game. What did you think? Yeah, he, he played good. It wasn't like... The it wasn't traffic mistakes. Yeah, like, it wasn't like the Detroit game where I thought he just played, like, garbage in the first half. Right. He, he was pretty pretty much there the whole game, playing well. But, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. But it's like the people clamoring for him to be MVP is just like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> you watched what Patrick Mahomes had to do and, like, did on the other side. And, yeah, maybe he, they didn't ask him to do that, but there's no way watching him in the plays where he has to create something or even just yep. make the right play that he is as good as Patrick Mahomes. He's not even in the same, like, tier yeah. Yeah. in my head. You're a long way away. Yeah. And, like, that's not to say he, there's still room for him to grow. He's a second-year yeah. player, so. Yeah, he's only had, like, a year and a half of starts, right? <laughs> yeah, so he's not going to, but I don't, do I, I don't think he's ever going to be Patrick Mahomes level, but, like, he, he can be a good player in this league for sure. I, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I agree. All right, is there anything else from the game that you wanted to cover before we move into, I don't know, off-season stuff, retrospective stuff, any of that? Oh, man, I wish I took some more time if I knew we were doing a big retrospective. Oh, we don't, we don't have to do the whole thing. You know, we we'll, just we'll do, do a bigger one. Some vibes. Some vibes check. Vibes. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I, did, I did want to call out one more thing from the yeah, game go ahead. real quick, which is that that touchdown that they scored in overtime was the same play that yeah. they ran twice against the Eagles. Or yep. at least structurally similar, where you bring the guy in motion yep. and send him back out the same way. Mm-hmm. And that play is called Corn Dog. Corn Dog. Which is pretty great. Hit him with the corn dog. Yeah, again, I didn't know the rules for overtime, so I was caught off guard when they were letting the clock run. I was like, uh, I know Andy Reid is pretty weird with time management, but this seems pretty <laughs> elementary. It's just and another period. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just picks up right there. But I think part of it also is that he knew corn dog was going to work. He had corn dog called, and he was like, "I'm not calling timeout. We don't need to worry about personnel or anything like that. We're just going corn dog, and it's going to win us the game." It did, and he was right. Michael yeah. Hardman, wide two, open. Two, yeah, that's such a crazy one. Like, just yeah, you kind of saw the rub action on there. It was like mm-hmm. Kelsey didn't have to do anything. He was just no. in the way. He didn't hit yeah. anybody. He was just jogging out there. It felt like yep. it's yep. cr- it was just yeah. I think they kind of, yeah. I mean, I think they got a look where they just knew it was going to work when they saw. Yeah, it. yeah. I think that's exactly right. They, I think he was saying yeah, like you said, they, they like the personnel or whatever it was. He's like, oh, this is we got it. Yeah, the look <laughs> they had. He just knew. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. All right, so yes, go ahead. Let's move on into uh, other subjects. Usher on roller skates. I I kind of love the roller skates. I thought that I was liked sweet. that. I was very not happy about the first half of the halftime show mm-hmm. it's like just not the vibe i wanted agreed but then when he got the roller skates on got into the bangers i was like oh hell yeah here we go yeah i agree i agree i talked to cat before the show came like before before the game started but after we knew that it was going to be usher and i told her i was like i think i know a lot more songs that usher is part of than like actual usher songs and i was right um so yeah, a lot of like the songs at the beginning, I was like, uh, yeah, this one. Totally. They're all on that one <laughs> album, apparently. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there, I knew that there were people out there who knew recognized all of them. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I don't think that my exposure to Usher is, is the same. <laughs> I knew, yeah. I was like, when's Yak coming on? Yep. And when it did, I mean, the intro <laughs> of that song. Gary's <laughs> like, I can't believe Ludacris is here. I'm like, why can't you? 
He's yeah. like the, he's not the one guy on his one song that I know. He's got this in Fast and Furious. Where else would he be? I was like, he'll be there for sure. Mm-hmm. His reveal, did he like take off a robot helmet or something? I believe that's correct. Yes. I was not watching super closely, but when he took his robot helmet off and started rapping, I was like, this fucking rule. Yep. And now I, I think, I, I really want to try to find the numbers for this somewhere. Vegas, I think, must have taken a beating on the prop bet of who else was going to be at the show because it was almost everybody. Oh, man. <laughs> I could have bet on Alicia Keys. being there. Like, everybody was there. Oh, if I knew I could have bet on Ludacris being at the halftime show, I would yep. have bet as much money as I had in my little bank, my little betting account. Well, Biebs, Biebs was like the big time favorite. He was like minus 200 and he did not show up. But people, I guess because Beebs Usher be discovered there? Biebs. Oh, that. Oh, I forgot about that. I guess, which I didn't remember at all. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't. But yeah, every every other person that was listed, I think, did show up. Yeah, like Unless Lil John. Like first show up I thing. I would have bet anything that little Lil John yeah. and Ludacris would be there because yeah, it was yeah, bring yeah. the fucking house down. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like I feel like everybody knew that. Yep. Yep. It does feel it feel it hurts a little bit to have a song like Yeah play at the Super Bowl halftime show where it's like oh this is twenty years old. Yeah. That means that means that yeah. we have enough money as a gener as the millennial generation that mm-hmm. people give a shit about us, and that, right. I don't like it. Yeah, that's not that's not a good sign. I don't like that. <laughs> I hate it. So that that hurts a little bit for sure. <laughs> but I agree. I was pretty much zoning out, and then the roller skate bit happened. And I was like, "Hmm, this is pretty sweet." Yeah, <laughs> he was so good at roller skating. I was mm-hmm. very surprised. I liked that. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. Anything All else? Right. I'm trying to think if I. Anything. I think that's it for me from from the game standpoint and the and the production value standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'd into... be. I mean, remiss we didn't at least acknowledge the fiasco that occurred at the at the parade, which is like, yes, this country is nonsense. It's just nonsense, and it's like I don't know how you can like go. Th- it's like this huge awesome event and all you want to do is celebrate like all these great things that like it's like it should be so fun it should be so easy to figure out how to prevent mass shootings from happening in this country but like our political system is you know a pile of garbage that's deadlocked between two parties one of which is not even functioning in any way Mm -hmm. to help govern and make laws for anybody so it's just a fucking tragedy, and it's awful. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, I reference South Park a lot, but every one of these feels more and more like the way that they introduce that in South Park, and it gets to the point where literally nobody's even noticing anymore, and they're just bullets whizzing through the kids' school because yeah. it's happening that frequently, and everyone's just like, yeah, can't do anything about it. What what could you possibly do about I, that's it? That's the shit that's like so crazy to me, where it's like, yeah. I don't know, everywhere else has figured it out. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Well, no one else has this problem, so I feel that there probably are things we could do that would make it better. Just, uh... Call me crazy. Yeah. American exceptionalism, John. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I guess, you know, exceptions work both ways. They don't have to be good. <laughs> That's right. Oh, fuck. I just was so bummed out. You can be exceptionally trash. Yeah. That's true. In some ways, we are. Yep. All right, let's move on to some off-season stuff. Uh, this is usually my fucking Super Bowl. So imagine how fucking jazzed I am this off-season. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's got to be an interesting feeling. Were you, like, cautiously optimistic last off-season? Is that where you would place yourself? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was feeling good, man. I, I really was. I mean, I took the over at nine, mm-hmm. here at nine and a half. I took the over there um, mm-hmm. when we did the previews. 
But yeah. And Ben Johnson's back. We talked about it in the last pod. Hell yeah. But I do want to dig a little more into his comments about Washington <laughs> being an NBA organization because we didn't it, dig too much into it last time. Yeah. But Bob Myers is there. And then what's the name of the guy who owns the Sixers that, that purchased it? Do you remember? I don't. I can't remember now. Josh Harris. So Josh Harris is the guy who then bought Washington. Big time. And there's a lot of you went you went into detail last week about the the shitty Schefter. Yeah, just of and like series of events here. And like it's very yeah, it, it felt very NBA, right? It did. It felt like very Woj delivering news on behalf of like an owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Just... Here's a little rumor. Just send it in the into the news thing there and let it let it seep out and like that is not yeah and it was kind of like it goes to what you're saying like you were saying like there's not really a sport that's done a whole lot more different than the nfl as compared to the nba in terms of like stacking the roster and really in, in terms of this kind of stuff like you the media blitz that appeared on behalf of washington's ownership group was Insane. In some ways, unprecedented. Yes, yes, it's ne- like I've yeah, I've the never dumbest seen... hirings I can think of. Like, <laughs> I don't remember there being that much negative press no. for Josh McDaniels when he was right. the coach of the Colts for like one day. Yeah, yeah, like it just like disappeared. They, yeah, didn't, was... they didn't linger on it. It's and wild. I mean, that's a team owned by Jim fucking Ursa. I know and he's a psychopath. <laughs> But he's been, like, in the NFL long enough to know you don't really do shit like that. Because I think, like, as much as, like, the ownership's, like, a small, shitty monopoly, which it is, I feel like the coaches are a big-time brotherhood. Yeah, <laughs> Like, for they sure. all fucking work for each other at some point. And there's almost no, like, if you if you could work basically anywhere, and if you've been in the league, you kind of, like, everyone knows you. Like, I mean, Matt Patricia got a fucking job on the Eagles. That's all you need to know. <laughs> about this he's an unlikable fucking doofus that burned every bridge with every fucking player that you could ever even imagine including one of your best players on defense and he still got a job so yeah man i don't know that was wild that tells you how yeah how far they're willing to go to to (laughs) keep things comfortable like that it's crazy it really is and yeah and i mean the ringers piece was good about it where like it's you know washington saying like we didn't really want ben johnson please stop talking about it and it's like <laughs> you're the only ones talking about it yeah nobody I know. else is hung up on this story so crazy. unbelievable so to your point from last time it's very clear that there might be another explanation out there. It's very clear to me that they were interviewing Aaron Glenn to satisfy the Rooney Rule requirements. And I, I, I walked up up to that line without explicitly yep. saying just I was yes, and that's how I felt as well. Yeah, because there's no way you're that pissed off it, if ex- you're going to interview both of them. Exactly, because they didn't even like none of the reports really even mentioned that mm-hmm. it's like they was like they're in the air already, and you're put you're like almost putting them out by doing this and it's like he actually wasn't right at didn't all. change the plans at all it shouldn't be changing the plans at all <laughs> if you're actually doing what you say you're doing and like they were like they were fucking muddying the waters trying to be like it's a fucking done deal long ago i wouldn't be surprised if it was them that was saying that like he's asking for too much money to try to scare other fucking owners off yeah that have didn't have as much 
you know, as they do to spend on coaches like that. So, mm-hmm. so I think they only wanted him. Yeah, I think I think that's right, and I think you're right. They like they they wanted to tamper, but they didn't want to tamper, which also I think is very NBA. Yeah, like exactly. there's the ongoing joke in the NBA about like there's no tampering allowed in free agency, and yet at twelve oh one the day of all the all the de- the deals are announced <laughs> with like full details. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh wow they they hammered that one out real fast, didn't they? <laughs> So the other the other direction I want to go with this one is I really thought Washington was going to be in good shape without Snyder there. I got to say I'm not inspired by the choices they did make with their coaching staff after that. So what do we got? Dan Quinn, Dan Cliff Quinn Kingsbury. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who they bring in on defense? So that's a bad start. Joe Witt Jr. is the defensive coordinator. So Oh yeah. Good old Joey Witt. Let's do a little Google dive on him because I don't know who he is. I think he's got Packers gear on to start. He was uh-oh. the DB's coach for the Packers, so a trusted lieutenant. Of <laughs> Joe, Joe, Barry. Joe fucking Barry, yes, great, <laughs> very good. So the the thing here, there's so much at there's so much about the Bears in all of this. Did you also see that Justin Fields stopped following the Bears on social media? It was a story I saw today. I did not see that. Which is kind of weird, but Cliff Kingsbury in Washington, like, everyone was like, okay, now Washington's going to trade up to get the number one pick to take Caleb, because he was rumored not to want to go to Chicago. Right. But now that Fields might be leaving, I'm like, oof, I don't know. It's an interesting little... I mean, I've already told you my dream scenario, which is the Bears flip a minimal amount of assets to the Chargers (laughs) for for Justin Herbert and, and give give the chargers the ability to draft jj mccarthy for yeah, for mr harbaugh there one million percent a good idea and then flip justin fields for more assets on the back end of it <laughs> oh my god i don't thinking about that actually happening is breaking my brain because the lions just got good so i can't have all that stuff happen yeah yeah i'm sure it won't happen it definitely won't happen because i feel like if they got rid of justin herbert dean spanos would explode the chargers franchise (laughs) yeah that's probably true yeah another clown there as an owner (sighs) man it would be nice anyway (laughs) what else is going on in the offseason what what are your other thoughts here Hmm, what are my thoughts i don't know i'm excited for the draft i hate drafting so low but it's kind of nice i am oddly excited for the draft which is not a position that I've usually been in. I usually don't really care about it at all. Are we going? It's in It's in Detroit. When the Bears have a lot of draft capital, it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy going top 10. People I are saw that now. mock. That I don't know. We talked about J.J. sparingly due to the fact that my wife, unfortunately, is a pretty big Michigan fan. <laughs> it's not your fault. That's definitely not my fault. <laughs> Just thinking about my... My kid. Hopefully, he doesn't follow <laughs> follow follow those footsteps. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's so crazy <laughs> to me to see Mox put him so much higher than Michael Penix Jr. And I guess I understand in some points, like one's twenty one, one's twenty four, twenty five. I get that, but JJ McCarthy has never been asked to do anything. Yeah. So, and he is, in my estimation, lost more big games for his team than he has won for them. 
I would agree. I mean, I, I told you I was surprised. I didn't realize he was as, as big as he was. So I was I was also thinking that he was kind of like an undersized guy coming out of college. But my thing is still that I've never really seen him in a situation where he had to fit tight throws. And I, he, when I I've, have seen things get difficult for them, he's struggled for the most part. Yeah, I have seen him make some dime, like throw some dime, but... I've also seen him throw two pick sixes against TCU. Mm-hmm. I've seen him fumble the game away against Michigan State a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I've seen him do some shit where, I don't know, it just doesn't impress me. I yeah, think- he's only thrown over 20 passes yeah. 17 times in the past two seasons. So that's like, what, a 50-50-ish rate? <laughs> uh, a little more than 50, I would say, but yeah, that's not yeah. a ton of time. 20 times to do a lot more than 20 20 times times. holy Uh moly yeah (laughs) yeah um if you're excuse me for his bowling green game this year where he was eight for 13 three picks three picks against fucking bowling green what a stud (laughs) yep okay he's also seven of eight against penn state seven of eight yeah this is what i'm talking about they hand the ball off to blake quorum and the other kid i can't remember his name right now yeah yeah and i i think like like we were saying i it doesn't mean that he can't possibly be good. It's just, I think you do wonder at that point. Like, okay. <laughs> you said something that but you did you def- him a little more? Well, it's Harbaugh. He's an idiot. Yeah, that's true. And, but he doesn't give a shit. He wants to, I don't know. He wanted, to me, He. I don't I don't think he thought he was that good. <laughs> or else he would have won away. I mean, he built his team to win a certain way that, like, I guess if you, you know, no one's trying to really do that unless they're not, like, a... Uh, an institution that can collect high-end talent so you're kind of looking at a market inefficiency from that perspective because you can get all these guys like hey you want to run block and all xyz and i don't know they weirdly seem to like him which is insane to me Mm -hmm. given all the stuff i've heard about him he's the weirdest fucking dude on earth yeah his weird meditation thing before the game i was i was not a big fan of that some people (laughs) seem to enjoy (laughs) did i did I? I had to tell the story about Amon Ross St. Brown on this podcast that he was only he was he only took two visits. He took a visit to USC and he took a visit to Michigan. And then he he might have taken one to Notre Dame because that's where his brother was. But he said he had a meeting with Harbaugh and another wide receiver. And he said, "Hey, well, come on, guys, let's go to my office." And like it was like everyone's spirits were kind of high. And he was like, "All right, cool, we're gonna sit down and get into it." He said Harbaugh sat down and he he sat across from him and he just looked at his computer for like four and a half minutes didn't say a single word to him like didn't look (laughs) at him didn't say anything like basically shut down was just like as awkward as can be like two and a half feet away from him and then was like all right guys and like like, turned on a robot started going at him like and he was like this dude is too fucking weird i can't do it what the heck like i'm done like you literally that was the interaction. He was like, I can't. That's too weird. They're not going here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a good one. But it's like, that dude, he's so crazy. I also I do like that he was in the Detroiters. I think that's the funniest thing ever. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Even if he does like milk a lot. He does love milk. He's a weird, he's yeah. a weird dude. I don't love him. I was, I was going to say, for contrast, I know that, you know, it's never good to, to compare things to <laughs> to the best there is but i was going through patrick mahomes college game log how many times do you think he attempted under 30 passes in college oh man they played it like almost air raid yep uh, under 30 Since he became a starter at least under 30 passes how many years like two or three uh, two full seasons two full yeah seasons. i'll say four five oh, that's very generous of you the answer is zero holy shit <laughs> you're playing against like birmingham 
Auburn, like <laughs> UAB with zero scholarships, and Mahomes throws 30 times. A minimum of 30 times. One game, he only threw 30 passes. That was against Arkansas. <laughs> well, what was he doing? What was he doing in like the first game of the year against like Belmont? Uh, yeah, Sam Houston, he threw 43 times, or sorry, 53 times, and then Stephen 53. F. Austin, the second year, he threw 43 times. Stephen F. Austin was the score of that Stephen F. Austin game. That must have been a rough one. Let me see here. Uh, that one was 69 to 17. <laughs> oh my god. They really slowed it down in the second half, though. It was 45 to 3 at half. <laughs> Alright, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, again, it doesn't mean that he can't possibly be good in the NFL. I just—I mean, you earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, you said his ceiling is Mac Jones. Yeah, and I'm still going with that. I think his, I think <laughs> his ceiling is not say- John. Double-digit wins with a really John, good team around him. Okay, that's now you're. <laughs> well, I thought. Well, I don't know if his ceiling is Mac Jones last year. Oh well, last year's Mac Jones is a different a different situation. What if? Okay, what if he said? <laughs> How, I was thinking. How, I was thinking like personal, like abilities, and not so much team success. How far above? Well, yeah, okay, but how far above Mac Jones would you put Justin Fields? Well, it depends. It depends what we're talking about. We're talking about Mac Jones this year, or just Mac Jones in general. Peak, peak Mac Jones. Peak Mac Jones Ma- okay. season. So peak Mac Jones. He had one good season. Yeah, that season was good. Yes, but then he had two abysmal seasons. Yeah, so to me, Pete Mac Jones is with a really good supporting cast and really good coaches. He can Pete win double Mac digit Jones games, is, but not a playoff game. Pete Mac Jones is fine. Yeah. I think that that is not. I think JJ McCarthy is like, he's one of those things where it's like, I look at him more as like Josh Allen, not like Mac Jones. Like, if he puts everything together, he could be fucking phenomenal. I don't know if he he's like, he's like Pandora. He's, he's like uh, he what's he's feels, like though? what's its face? It's um it's the the little box where you don't know what's in it until you open it. Oh, um, Schrodinger's cat. Yes, like yes. He, you open up the box and it's either Blake Bortles or Josh Allen or somewhere in between there. But until you open the box, you don't really know what it is. So I think like he he's gonna be somewhere between Bortles and Allen because like I basically... think he's got the tools to be really good, but. He also could just fucking bortles it up and suck. Yeah, I just think like to me, if we're if we're thinking, if you think about Fields, right? I don't think he has the athletic gifts yeah, that Fields has. He's not gonna be. Yeah, that's and a- Fields has struggled to figure out the other part of his game. I just went through the game logs for both Fields and C.J. Stroud combined. They had one game that they threw under twenty passes in college. <laughs> It's just it's just wild that somebody would get that little run. And maybe maybe Harbaugh is just that effing weird. I don't know. Well, I think he but coddled me, him because that, he that sucks. That's of we don't trust him. To, yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt, felt the whole time. I mean, he had the one year where he tried to put him in part time when they still had Cade McNamara. I didn't understand what they were trying to do there either. Um, but I mean, Doesn't I've seen well, some though. good throws. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be good, but I think he he can run and he can throw. I don't think he has what from what I've seen, his pocket awareness isn't well that great. He's prone to throwing interceptions and fumbling. So there's a lot of yeah, bad things that he bad. can do. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to track the Mac Jones versus JJ McCarthy trajectory here. This is like fucking Bortles versus Bridgewater all over again. It is. I think it is. I think it is. Mac Jones, for the record, in his in his senior year, attempted under twenty passes in a game, zero times. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Alabama. Talk about somebody who's not scared to just run the ball all day long. 
Yeah. But yes, McCarthy's rushing numbers are quite a bit better. That's true. Yeah, he's he he's a different. Yeah, I think we should just we should compare him against like I don't know Bo Nix or something. Yeah, Bo Nix would be a fun one. I mean, that's why I was doing the Fields one though. Is that I'm like Fields outweighed him by like 25 pounds. Fields also, yeah, I think a lot faster. But yes. like, I would have thought based on their college tape that Fields was a much better passer. Yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't say much better, but I would say better. I would guess better. I would have guessed better. Bo Nix, besides being 55 years old, um, <laughs> okay, he's a little closer in weight too. He's six. He's listed at six three two fourteen. See, that... he, he attempted less than 20 passes a couple times. Ooh. So maybe there's something there. Yeah, just I don't think we'll ever get quite to the to the the Bortles Bridgewater and. No, that was the most fun. I mean, that was just backed into a corner. They got backed into the Bortles corner. And they, but, like, Bortles, like Mac Jones, had that one good year. Yep. Probably had yep. the best year out of the Bortles Bridgewater They almost, they almost, oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, the, the ceiling there. He hit the higher ceiling for sure. <laughs> uh, and now they're both finally out of the league. Yep. Yeah, both out now. Bridgewater. Yeah, because is... I mean, yeah, the entire the entire discussion started right because I was appalled that Blake Bortles went third. Yes. And, I, and you were like, he will, he's awful. He's going to be terrible. And I was said something like, I don't know, you can't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, why do you love Bortles? It wasn't exactly <laughs> like that, but it was just very funny because you were like, you were sure that Bridgewater would be better, and he ended yeah. up being better. And Teddy went with a thirty-second pick in that one. Yeah. And I was but like, we can really all laugh at them. He because, probably will be better because Aaron Donald went thirteenth in that draft. Oh my god. Well. There you go. So that one, that one hurts everybody. Wolf. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! That that's tough for the Lions too. That was the Ebron, the Ebron draft. God. And that's like one of those things where like every single Detroit Lion fan knew that that was a bad pick. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> that, oh man, that was that was a rough. I one. think he was just Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts, you know. Yeah, but he had Matt Stafford and not uh, whatever collection of fucking doofuses has been thrown to Kyle Pitts. Taylor Heineke. That's very true. Uh, yeah. Tall Cincinnati kid. I still, man. The Kyle, the Kyle Pitts one. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know on him. Yeah. Yeah, the Eves one is tough. I'm looking at the stats now. That's a tough one. He's out of the league now, right? Uh, Yes. Looks like 2021 was his last it's year. Pittsburgh, right? He did have that one dirty, dirty Indianapolis year with 13 touchdowns, though. He was on Indianapolis. <laughs> Fucking forgot all about that. For two seasons, he was like he was part of like their two tight end alignments. They had him and like uh, Dwayne Allen, who was like more of a blocking tight end, mm, and well, Eves basically was just like a, a red zone guy. I mean, he well, he, he couldn't wrecked up a lot of yards, but they they basically schemed it up so he was a receiver, which well, he, is my entire argument against Kyle was. Pitts is that like if you're only capable of being a receiver, like even Travis Kelsey, you have to mm. pretend to respect as a blocker sure. in some ways. Sure about that. <laughs> I mean, sure a little about bit. That. <laughs> <laughs> but that does mean that with 33 career touchdown receptions ebron has the lead on kyle pitts by 20 27 yikes (laughs) well we'll see so we'll see how good he is with mccarthy thrown to him (laughs) (laughs) oh man yep all right buddy i think that's probably good enough for this week we'll figure out what we're going to cover in the offseason if we're going to do offseason talk or if we'll find another subject but it's been a good season but we uh we did well yeah, on our dude. picks the picks that we did on the podcast ended up being 46 29 and 2 hit, a, hit a nice bad. cool 61.3 percent of them and uh you throw in that little Michael hardman money there and we were crushing it not bad not bad at all all right but thank you very much and we will talk to you soon sounds good